Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. Welcome to the opposition preview. Brentford v Aston Villa tomorrow. If you are new to our channel, subscribe, drop this video a like and get involved in the comment section down below. You were thinking, where's the opposition fan? Where are the Ealing Road podcast people? Well, let me tell you the story. I'm dedicated to bring you every single concept week in, week out on this channel. And I generally start putting the feelers out about a week in advance. Had no joy from any Brentford fans. And then we were getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And then I found the perfect one, the Ealing Road podcast by Mike. And it was just too late for me to... Um, we just couldn't come together at the same time. He was busy one day, I was busy another day, and we just couldn't get together. So I sent him some questions, and I was going to read the questions out. But he was like, no, why don't I do you an episode and answer your questions in a video format? And I was like, what a legend, you know, taking his time out to do that for us. It's just absolutely massive, and I've watched the episode, and it's absolutely fantastic. Like, it's so, so good. So... I'm going to bring in Mike now and he's going to do the opposition preview for us and it's fantastic. So go back, check out his channel, give him some love on there because, you know, for him to take his time out to do this is absolutely amazing. So cheers, Mike. The first question you've asked me is how's the season been so far? I think all Brentford fans would tell you it's been okay. Uh, the performances at the start of the season were there. We just weren't picking up the points that we probably deserved. I remember a few games. I'm looking at Bournemouth at home where we drew 2-2. Performance was really good, but defensive errors gave Bournemouth their goals. I'm thinking about the Man United game away from home, which was which was absolutely awful. I mean, being 1-0 up the whole, the whole game pretty much and then conceding twice in added time, that was not ideal. But in terms of how we started the season, I'd say it's OK. The encouraging thing is that the performances have been there despite our kind of recent dip in form. The the three games that really stand out were West Ham, Chelsea and Burnley. We went on three back-to-back -back wins, including a 2-0 away win at Chelsea. But everyone does that nowadays, so it's not too special. Um, so I can't really complain in terms of the start to the season. If the performances weren't there and we were still losing games, then I'd be quite worried but we have been absolutely ravaged by injuries. And that's not excuses because we, we do have to try and kind of compete with those injuries and see how we can shape up without them. And that's Thomas Frank's job. But in terms of our injury list, we've got nine first teamers out, seven of which would be in contention to start. And there'd be pretty strong arguments. Uh, and also we've got obviously Ivan Tony out and we'll, I'll get on to Ivan Tony. Um, how's it been adapting without him he's such an important player for Brentford has been ever since we signed him it's been it's been difficult it's, it's very noticeable we've kind of changed our style of play because we don't have that big man up top anymore who we can who can get us out of these dangerous situations with his hold-up play and his ability to win fouls um it's it, it has it has been difficult Brian and Bumo's really stepped up this season and I, I will talk about him a little bit as well but what I've really noticed is the biggest difference I would say in terms of the goals, we, we do miss the goals, but I would say more in terms of his work, his dirty work. When we win the ball back in our defensive third, which we do quite a lot because when we play, we tend to be under a lot of pressure, especially when we play the teams inside the big six, when they've got a lot of the ball. If we then win the ball back in our own defensive third, we don't really have an out ball anymore, which is, which is really telling. So the pressure can just come and come and come. And I think that's kind of what has let us drop points against sides like Man United away and maybe Bournemouth too at home. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's, it, it has been difficult because, I mean, the guy what the guy is in my opinion sort of one of the best strikers in the league outside Erling Haaland and the 100 million pound price tag we put on him is uh, justifiable in my opinion you know 20 goal a season strikers in the Premier League are hard to come by at the moment <clears throat> and and he is one of those and he did 20 goals scoring and he scored 20 goals playing for Brentford so he's he's very good we only have to wait three games until he's back but the playing style has changed without him and I'm sure when he comes back, we might revert to the Brentford of last season, if you will. Briefly explain Thomas Frank's style of play. So Thomas Frank's style of play has is, is changed quite a bit. When we were in the championship, we used to play nice, expansive football. We used to have the majority of the ball in almost every game we used to play. But the good thing about Thomas Frank is that, like a lot, unlike a lot of managers, he's quite malleable with, with how he wants to play. You know, there's been a lot made of this season of Postacoglu being resolute in the way he wants to play a Vincent company maybe being the same but Thomas Frank knows that Brentford don't have better players in terms of when you play these teams with bigger budgets or you play teams like Brighton or Aston Villa for example he knows that we're not going to have too much of the ball even though I don't think Villa are too much of a possession-based side so when we came up from the championship we kind of reverted to being this counter-attacking team which saw us get these spectacular wins against sides inside the top six and we wouldn't have much of the ball, but when we did win the ball back, we were quick in the transitions. We would hurt players with, we would hurt teams with players like Brian and Bumo linking up with Jan Wisser and Ivan Tony. But this season, I think without Tony in the team, we have tried to have more of the ball, uh, especially against teams below us. Maybe against teams still in still from that sort of the upper echelons of the division, we still don't have uh, too much of the ball, and we kind of sit back in our own half in a low block. Which is kind of expected. I wouldn't, unless you're Brighton and you have the means to do that, and you have Roberto De Zerbi as your manager. I think it's, that's kind of expected. So this season we have tried to revert to a more possession-based football, and you really see that in games against teams below us. But Thomas Frank's football is efficient, it's malleable, and hopefully it can get, can get the job done on Sunday. But it has been severely impacted by by injuries, like I said aspirations this season it's a difficult one and it's one we've kind of spoken about <clears throat> on my podcast before and i'm sure all the podcasts that uh that that are from teams outside the top six aspirations or, or teams that have kind of been on a rise like brentford have i know there's not many apart from sort of brighton and you could argue Luton now but uh in terms of aspirations this season it's, it's difficult because we we narrowly missed out on europe last season obviously you guys got the last conference league spot <clears throat> and it's natural to want progression and i think had the injuries not happened i think we would actually be in a in a very different position this season but with the injuries i think the aspirations have kind of changed but it is difficult as a fan because obviously you want more and you want to progress each season but with the current gap between sort of that top six slash top seven with you guys now breaking into it as well which is kind of fantastic i don't think that gap's ever been as pronounced as it is now and for teams like Brentford on on a shoestring budget, it's only going to get bigger because, you know, Chelsea spend a billion pounds every transfer window. They perpetuate the prices of players. They it cause inflation in the market. You can't pick up a, an average player now, an average player in the Premier League for anything less than 40 million. And we tried to do that. Brentford bid 40 million pounds for players in the summer transfer window. And we weren't successful. We got outbid or they wanted to stay at their clubs for various reasons. So I would say aspirations this season, now the injuries have hit, I would I'd be comfortable with a with a mid-table finish. But I mean now it's kind of 
I don't want to say safety because I think Brentford are kind of past that now. We've been in the Premier League for two seasons. And this is our third season in the Premier League. And I think uh, a mid-table finish would be good considering the injuries. And we get a good bit of money for Ivan Tony over the summer. I don't think he'll go in January. We get a good bit of Ivan, to Ivan Tony money over the summer and reinvest it well, which I'm sure the recruitment staff will do at Brentford. We're, we're quite re renowned for, for picking up these hidden gems. So mid-table finish and um yeah it's 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 a weird one for for teams outside the top six <clears throat> because you want to progress but a team like kind of palace i look at and i'm like well they they don't really fight for anything each season i know they had a, a cup semi-final a couple of years ago maybe against chelsea but they don't really fight for anything and it's, it's a, you're in a kind of weird limbo state where you're probably not good enough to get europe you're probably too good to go down so you know you're kind of in that mid-table mediocrity place and i don't know about anyone else but it's it, it's diff it's a difficult one you don't really know what to think because you're, you're punching above your weight but obviously you're, you're too good to go down so aspirations this season i'd love a cup run i think we haven't been on a cup run in a very long time we're obviously already out of the league cup but a good cup run we play wolves in the in the third round of the fa cup so that that would be good fun and yeah i think uh, a mid-table finish for us this season how would you feel about potentially signing uh selling ivan tony well, I did, I did just mention I don't think he's going to go in January purely because I don't think anyone in the league currently would be able to bypass FFP with the with the asking price that we've got. I know there's been a few rumours of <clears throat> of Arsenal wanting to sign him for on loan and potentially they could if they make David Rea permanent in January. But without doing that, I don't think the Premier League allow you to loan two players from the same club. So... I don't think he will go in January, personally. I think, and I think a lot of that is determined by Brentford's form as well. If we were doing better than we were, then maybe we might consider it. But <clears throat> the fact that we've now got Brian and Boomer out for three months and the injuries are really starting to take their toll, uh, Ivan Tony is much needed. He's, he's needed back in this side. And unless someone forks over 100 million, I really don't see it happening. And even if someone does, at, 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 in the current state that Brentford are in, with with very little options going forward and <clears throat> like i said i've mentioned it twice a few times now injuries i hope i'm not getting the violin out or anything but i think we we actually need him to be back uh had brentford been doing a lot better I, I i think we might have been a bit more willing to have a conversation around it but i do think i do think he'll go in the summer um and i do think we'll get a hefty fee for him and, and i and i think we we deserve that fee for him and we, we deserve the right to set an asking price for a player that in my opinion is is of is of really high quality really high quality i was chatting to an aston villa podcast in the week and we were kind of talking about the comparisons between watkins and tony and he had a great idea which i've never actually thought about maybe for when harry kane decides to hang up his international boots i think ivan tony and ollie watkins could could play in the same team easily together uh two different two very different players obviously i know ollie watkins very well from his days at brentford and i know ivan tony very well now in terms of Tony's link-up play, in terms of how Watkins has evolved under Unai Emery this season, not <clears throat> even though his link-up play is very good as well, but I think the the two playing styles, I think they would they would work quite well together. So yeah, I'm 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 feeling okay about Ivan Tony. I think he probably will go from all the podcast appearances that he does and some of the Instagram stories that I'm sure Villa fans will be aware of. He uh, he, he seems like a guy that's destined for a big move and. I don't think I'll harbour any resentment because he, he is a bit too good for Brentford, I would say. Uh, how good <clears throat> is Brian and Bumo? 
Brian Abumo is fantastic. He's really come on leaps and bounds since the championship days. And that, that's like a, that's a common theme amongst his Brentford side. For, for people looking from the outside, you probably wouldn't know that the spine of Brentford's team is, has, has not changed since the championship days, bar the goalkeeper. I mean, we did have David Rowe in the Premier League, but we've got Ethan Pinnock at the back, who, who's an absolute monster of a centre-half. So underrated. We've got Christian Norgard in midfield alongside Matty Ensign. And um, they've both been here since the championship too. Christian Norgard's the more sort of holding midfielder, kind of seven out of ten every single game. Captain of the club, he, he, he won't let you down. And then Matty Ensign, who probably didn't start the championship, probably didn't start life for Brentford in the championship too well, but has just come on every single season. And now he's kind of that creative spark in our team. Um, he's also injured though, that's that's the problem. And then obviously we've got Brian Abumo up top and he has been, he's really stepped up to the plate. It was kind of like, we knew we were going into this season without Ivan Tony, so someone's got to come in and do a job. And Brian Abumo had been doing that. He'd, he'd been the main man in the team. I think his stats speak for themselves this season as he scores sort of seven or eight goals, five assists. Um, most of our attacking output goes through him. And although he was a little bit one-dimensional in the championship, kind of if defenders would almost figure him out, we're cutting on that left foot. I think this season he's added a lot more to his game. His hold-up play has gotten a lot better. He can go both ways, so he's unpredictable. So yeah, he, he has been he has been very, very good. <clears throat> and he's got a couple of moments of magic in there as well. But at Brighton, he he <clears throat> got injured on an, on an off-the-ball incident, rolled his ankle, I was there and saw it, did not look good at the time. And yeah, he's he's another one added to the long list of injuries. He's now out for three months, which means which I'm 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 quite pleased because it means he's not going to Afcon. But I'm gutted for him because that would have been his first uh, tournament, his first Afcon tournament for Cameroon. So disappointing for him. But hopefully, I think he's having surgery today at the time of recording. So so hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later because, like you said, he's 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 attracting interest from a lot of bigger clubs and. Like Ivan Tony, if if he decided to move, I think we could get a lot of money for him, and I wouldn't be too annoyed because <clears throat> I think you've got to realise when you're a Brentford fan or you're one of fan of some of these smaller clubs, if you have the good players, they are just going to leave eventually, and uh, it's it's bleak, but <laughs> but it's but it's, it's it's the reality of things. Uh, thoughts on Villa? Well, I, I've spoken to to a Villa podcast earlier in the week, and <clears throat> I'm in awe of Villa. I think I think they're doing a great job. I think. Uh, what I was talking about earlier with how that gap between the, the top six and the, the rest of the league has never been so pronounced and it's only going to get more pronounced. I think Villa are that kind of exception. I think they're the closest thing that you're going to get to like that Leicester story in 2016, although obviously two completely different clubs. Like Villa, Villa are a massive club, European champions. They've got Villa Park as an incredible stadium, one of my favourite games to go to in the, in the league calendar. But just in terms of the the unpredictability and the, the surprise package that Villa are this season, I think everyone thought that you're going to do well because, you know, Emery's done an incredible job since he's taken over. And by the way, one of the most criminally underrated managers, especially by Arsenal fans, but, you know, Arsenal fans are Arsenal fans in the league. Some of the honours that he's won, four Europa Leagues, multiple honours in France, and he's taken Villa from 17th to 3rd with largely the same team. That's, I think that's what impresses me the most is that a lot of these signings that you're seeing doing so well were, were at the club when Steven Gerrard was there. And I think uh, I was listening to an athletic podcast on Villa that came out early this week and they were talking about how Unai Emery is a, is a real student of the game and and that's a big football cliche, so I have to apologise. But he he's he, he they were talking about how the standards changed when Emery came in. It was more detail in training. It was, it was long video analysis, um, stories about him sort of, getting on the bus and immediately watching the game back that he's just been on 
so yeah, I've been I've been super impressed with Villa. Some of the players that you've got been really impressed with John McGinn. Obviously, I love Ollie Watkins with the Brentford links. Leon Bailey, who, to be fair, when he when you first signed him and and the first season or so, I didn't think he made he made the right move or I didn't think he was the right player for Villa. But for this season, he's he's been electric. But I think what goes under the radar is this this Villa's back line. I mean, Diego Carlos, from my memory, was injured the whole of last season. Uh, Paul Torres has come in. Has done a really good job, and that those two have been really good because when Tyro Mings got injured at Newcastle, I believe it was. I know Villa fans would have probably been fearing the worst because that's that was your captain, and I know he's kind of been ridiculed a lot, Tyro Mings, in the past by by fans <clears throat> who aren't Villa fans, wrongly or rightly so. I think he was a really important player for you. So when he went down injured, I, w- I was thinking sort of how how they're going to cope. But obviously, Paul Torres has come in, Diego Carlos has come in, Ezra Concer is now putting in shifts at right back, another player who who Brentford fans know well. Um, and it's worked really well. Obviously, you've got Luca Dean, but I don't think he's going to be there on Sunday, if I'm correct, because he's suspended. Uh, Douglas Louise being one of your best players this season. So, yeah, I mean, th- you've got good players all over the pitch and you've got an even better manager. So I've I've been I've been super impressed with Villa. I love doing the away days there, although last season, I have to admit, I was I was telling the, the Villa guy, <laughs> I got stuck on I got stuck in traffic in the M1 up. And by the time I got to the game, which was half an hour in, I'm sure Villa fans will remember, we were already 3-0 down. So I may as well have just turned around and gone home. I think it was Aaron Dank's first game in interim charge since uh, since Gerard got sacked. 3-0 down within 15 minutes. So, yeah, not not a good time for me on my last visit, last visit to Villa Park. How do I expect the game on Sunday to go? Do you know what? I, I was... I'm not confident about the game, but it would be very, very Brentford to to lose back-to-back games against Brighton and then bottom of the league, Sheffield United, and then somehow manage to pull off a result against uh, an informed Aston Villa. And I'm not expecting that, but if that happened, I, I really wouldn't be surprised. I think it's going to be a good atmosphere down there on Sunday. Uh, the GTEC's always, always a good atmosphere when we play clubs that are higher up in the table, but I'm expecting... I'm expecting both teams to have chances because I, I do think Villa do ship a lot of chances with this high line that Unai Emery has played this season. And with the players that we've got up top who <clears throat> will be without Brian and Bumo, I think we will get chances. So I, I, I kind of see it in my head. I see it. Brentford will either nick a 1-0 or, or Villa will get Villa will batter us 4-1 or, or something silly like that. But either way, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good spectacle because I think Thomas Frank and you know Emery are two kind of tactically astute managers. So it's going to be a good matchup regardless. And I am really looking forward to it. Obviously, I'm hoping for a Brentford win, but like I said, wouldn't be too surprised if Villa come away with the three points. And I'm kind of rooting for Villa this season just because of my hatred of all the established teams inside the top six. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that Villa do well this season. So if you take some points off us and it helps you in the in the title race that you guys are now in. Then, then I'm absolutely fine with that. And uh, good luck to you. Uh, and I hope we get a good game on Sunday. And yeah, may the best team win.